Hey everyone, Sarita here. Just a quick uh, disclaimer for this episode that you're about to listen to, and just a quick trigger warning as well. Uh, This episode is about resilience. Um, Our guest, Sarah Manacho, has been through a lot in her travels, and you know, she talks very uh, openly and frankly about uh, having survived a very, very tumultuous earthquake. Um, abroad, as well as a accident in the Bahamas and a few other things. And I just wanted to make sure that if you have any triggers around these topics that you either don't have to listen or you should at least be aware of what we're about to talk about. But in this time of the pandemic for the coronavirus, I just wanted to make sure that everybody knows that uh, life happens and, uh, you know, we can all push through and that we will be fine eventually uh you know even if you go through tumultuous times there is a way to come out on the other side of it and that's the lesson of this episode so uh tune in if you feel like it and if you are not up for it you know feel free to turn it off and listen to another on she goes episode but in the meantime stay home and stay safe thank you you want to figure out how can i go out there in the world and feel quote-unquote normal. I had the privilege of meeting incredible people that you would really only meet by chance. There's a lot of places on this planet that have humbled the shit out of me. I think the thing that makes you unique and different is the thing that's going to position you for success. I don't shine if you don't shine. I was glowing. You were. I was truly in my damn homeland. (laughs) So... Uh, this is the On She Goes COVID-19 podcast. Um, this is a podcast that we're doing when we're now kind of in quarantine. Uh, so it's Sarita and Rebecca's here as well. Hello. We have a safe distance of at least two feet, three, two and a half to three feet between us. Absolutely do. Um, and then we also have Sarah Manacho, who is our guest today. Uh, Sarah is a great friend of ours. She's also a famed copywriter and (laughs) 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 I wanted to talk to Sarah because I felt like in all my group chats and everything I've been hearing people talk about what's been happening with the coronavirus and people are actually like there was a there was a moment in time where at the beginning of like last week People were like, oh, I'm ready to travel. I'm about to buy my ticket, blah, 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 blah. And now people are like, oh, my God, I don't even want to leave my house. I'm terrified. I feel like this whole situation is going to change the face of, like, travel a little bit, at least for a little while, temporarily. I know that I'm not rushing to get back on a plane. Um, and I've been on the plane a lot recently. Um, and then, you know, we have social distancing. Um, so I wanted to talk to Sarah because in talking to her, I've realized that she's been through a lot in her travels. Uh, (laughs) To say the least. (laughs) And she's not sour on it, which is like the thing that I I think is so important. Like this isn't a sad episode of like, oh, everything's crazy. Like this is literally just the fact that Sarah has gone out and done the things by herself and then crazy shit happens and she deals with it. Um, Sarah, say hi to the people. Hey, everybody. Yes, it's true. Um, I, well, first of all, I love traveling by myself. That's, like, one thing I've been doing, I would say, since I was probably, like, 18. Um, I think it's just important to travel by yourself, to learn to be alone. It can be scary, for sure, especially if you're going to places where you don't know the language, where you don't know the Mm -hmm. culture, but that's the point, Mm -hmm. is, like, to immerse yourself in those things. I've certainly, 
Um, I feel very grateful that I've gotten to go to all the places I've been to. I've had some experiences that have been a little wild. So I guess um, probably the craziest one that was of recent was uh, in 2018. It was the summer of 2018. I was living in New York and I had planned a trip to Bali. That was my uh, eat, drink, fuck trip. Nice. That's what I coined it. Everyone's like, you pray, pray, pray love. I was like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> Get it. Um, and, uh, and it was just supposed to be, uh, I, I had taken off like 20 some odd days from work. And uh, it was supposed to be two flights, like from NYC to Seoul, then to Dense Bar. And then I was just going to be traveling around Bali. Mm-hmm. And that turned into um, 11 flights, seven countries and 13 cities because of my experience oh, shit. Uh, so and it, it literally ha- took me around the world <laughs> tell us what happened so so um i had gotten to bali i think it was on a friday and i was supposed to go to the gillies which are these small islands mm-hmm. um outside uh, like on the north shore of lombok and um i remember the first saturday that saturday i was supposed to leave that day but no power boats were going because the wind was like too crazy mm-hmm. and so they said no no speed boats and I found out later that they hadn't been going for a month. And I was like, well, if I don't just go on the ferry ride, that's like a 10 hour one to, uh, to Lombok, I'm never gonna get to the Gillies and I'm never gonna start my trip. So I got on the ferry the following day and it was a 10 hour ride. And we were like on one of those huge shipping boats. Mm. Uh, and like it kept, a freighter? Like a freight basically. Okay. And it kept stopping, which is kind of scary already. Like there was yeah. something that I felt was a little odd about that. And it's that. a 10 hour ride. And it's a 10 hour ride to an island that's like next door. <laughs> like, okay. you know, it's a two hour speedboat ride, oh. 10 hour ferry ride. Okay. So we got to, so we finally got there after 10 hours and um, it was already nighttime. And most of the travel groups that were going to the Gillies had said like, hey, it's kind of late. We're not taking anything but small boats out there. It's getting dark. It might be better to just stay on land for the night, whatever. And myself, I was by myself, and then I was with other groups of travelers. Like, we went with this, like, tour group or whatever. Mm-hmm. Basically, the boating company that was going to get us there. And they were like, you know, we can we can get each of you, like, five of you on a little boat to the Gillies. And we're like, okay, fine. So we got in this car, which was going to be an hour and a half ride up uh, to the North Shore. And we get into a van that's like... It's got to be the most beautiful place right, on Right, yeah. No, and I mean, it, it's the craziest thing because when I was there, I remember being so overwhelmed by the natural beauty of Bali. Okay. And like Indonesia, it was just, it was breathtaking and it was so much bigger. And I remember like the day before when I was on the beach thinking like, holy shit, this yeah. is, nature here is wild. This is on another level. Right. Um, but so I'm in the car and there's like a window missing and like there's like you know like the rickety like metal that's mm-hmm. like coming off and I'm like of course sitting right next to this window and we're driving and all of a sudden um I had heard like people screaming and we saw and we were driving down a really narrow street and I heard people screaming and saw people running and I saw through the corner of my eye kind of like flames like like what looked like fire and I remember thinking to myself fuck man there's a riot because they have a lot of riots there and I go just my fucking luck I'm starting my vacation I'm gonna get I'm gonna get jacked for sure like they're gonna come in this van they're just gonna rob me whatever so I'm like great and so the van stops and we stop right in front of um uh, a mosque and 
I was looking at the mosque and I saw it cracking, like the dome oh, crack. Interesting. And I saw people running out. But you didn't feel anything. We didn't. When you're in an earthquake and you're in the car, you're when you're moving, you don't, you don't feel, feel it. it. Mm-hmm. So when we stopped for that moment, I couldn't. I don't think I was processing what was happening. Now, mind you, a week before there had been earthquakes in Bali. But the odds of those happening again were actually 10%, unless right. it was because a larger one was coming, which is exactly what happened. Mm, so it was a 7.0 magnitude earthquake. Mm. Um, it wasn't an aftershock. It was an earthquake. I saw the dome of the mosque crack. I saw people running out, and then I saw it collapse on top of them. Oh, my God. So, and all the dust and debris just went straight into the car. It swarmed it. We didn't know what was going on. We couldn't see when it cleared, and this is nighttime. This is nighttime. When it cleared, there were people running around with blood everywhere. You yeah. could see bodies that were there, mm-hmm. that were under rubble. Um, you saw like just it, it looked apocalyptic. Uh, and then our driver didn't speak a lick of English. Mm-hmm. We all didn't know each other, by the way. It was like me mm-hmm. and some couples and whatever. And so he just kept driving in the north part of the island. No one really knew what the fuck had happened. They're like, all right, well, let's just keep going. And which we, is like how what? far how how far along into that like right. hour long ride were you at that point? It was an hour and a half. We were already like I would say an hour. Okay. Uh, we were already an hour in. Um, we were about thirty minutes from the port. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, at this point, we keep driving up, um, and there's a line of traffic in the opposite direction, and everyone's honking like crazy, and and no one knew, again, what was going on, and no one had service on top of everything. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, one of the guys in the back goes, turn the fuck around, tsunami. Turn the fuck around, there's a tsunami. They're saying it's coming from the north side of the island. This is where we're headed. We're supposed to get the boat. Where we're supposed to get the boat. Uh. Um, I mean, 15 or 20 minutes could have been my fucking death. Yeah, like, yeah. that would have been my... I would have been dead. I feel really, really grateful for that. Yeah. Eventually, we were able to communicate with the driver to turn around. He turned around. He stopped the car in the middle of uh, kind of like an empty street where there were a bunch of locals. And the thing is, when you're on trips and when you're traveling, I don't know about you guys, but for me, like, I turn to locals for a lot. Right. Yeah. Not only for recommendations, but mm-hmm. also, like... Hey, man, you guys have been through this, so if you're not panicking, I'm not going to panic. But when the locals start to panic, I start to fucking panic. Yes, right. And then there was another earthquake. Oh, God. And so we were stopped in the middle of the street, and all of a sudden, they say... And I just had my fanny pack on me, man. (laughs) And and they say... And our bags are attached to the roof of the car, and they say fucking run in the opposite direction, all the locals. And I mean, like, hordes of people are just running in the other direction of the water. Um, they're like, drop your shit and go. So we did. We dropped our shit and we ran. When we ran like hell to try and be somewhere away from the water and away from tall buildings that were going to collapse. Mm-hmm. And um, in that time period, I got robbed. <laughs> Someone took... Wow, running? No, 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 no. Like, oh, my, oh, I left my... No, no, I left my... bag. No, right? No, yeah. I left my bag. Oh, oh okay. You know, we left yeah. our shit. Okay, yeah. And someone stole like a wad of cash from it. And so I was, like, down, like, a $1,000, and I noticed it after, and I'm like, fuck. So anyway, so, um, it was... It was Mm -hmm. was sheer pandemonium. I remember I was just holding on to my cross, not super religious, but just, like, praying, like, you know, if this is the end, like, please, dear God, like, you know, make it, like, do it Mm -hmm. fast, and, like, don't make it hurt, like... 
Uh, and I texted my mom and said, hey, I, I love you so much, and I wish I were with you right now, and, yeah. and I miss you. And that was the only thing that I sent to anyone, because um, I was really scared for my life. I really thought, like, fuck, this is over. Uh, and so eventually when things calmed down, the driver, we got back into the car, and I was, like I said, with, like, a few other couples, and they were like, hey, who are you here with? And I was like, I bet myself. And they were like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> like, and they, they really took me in. And we're all That's around funny. the same age. And everyone was just, like, really sweet to each other. And what happened was the driver took us to a hotel where it was, it was like, a fancy hotel, like a Fairmont kind of situation yeah. where we got there. And everyone was like, oh, my God, yes, we're at a hotel. Like, fucking hit the bar immediately. Yeah. And everyone's outside wearing white robes and there's white sheets all over the grass. And I'm like, what the oh, fuck is going on? Yeah. Like, and there, no, it wasn't a triage. Mm-hmm. So what happened was during the earthquake, the walls started collapsing inside. So they made everyone evacuate. So they had everyone sleeping outside. Oh. It was one of the eeriest scenes I've ever been in. So we were sleeping on the ground outside yeah. while this is going on. You're Did really, your mom know where you were and everything? She knew that I was... In Lombok, she had no idea of the earth. Because I had texted Trin, my creative partner, and told her what was going on. And I was like, what do I do? And she was like, get the fuck out of there! And I was like, you know, I got that, dude. But I mean, like, do I return back to New York? Like, shit's crazy. My mom would have panicked. She, I don't know what, how or what she would have done to be effective. Same. But she would have panicked. Yeah, and and (laughs) at that point I knew that if I had panicked my mom, I would have panicked. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to do that to her. And so whenever we got to this hotel, we slept outside on the floor. Um, I didn't sleep at all because there was 130 aftershocks that night. Yeah. You can't really sleep when you feel the ground shaking beneath you. Yeah. I mean, Um, also, yeah, you have all these buildings around you and, like, you're by yourself. Like, that's super scary. It was really weird because, so, it's a primarily Muslim country, and so they do the call to prayer. Mm -hmm. And, like, you'd hear it coming out of these rusty old speakers and then hear, like, screams in the distance. And, like, it was, I just don't know how to explain how, like, apocalyptic it all felt. And the sky was, like, a different color. It was this shade of green. It looked bruised. Yeah. It was, like, green and purple and black. And it was just, I don't know, it was so eerie. And hearing, like, the call to prayer, like, you know, people praying and and Mm -hmm. all of this, it was just... I felt very like this is the fucking end and I just like signed up for it. What is the what was the happening with the tsunami? Like did it ended up ends up coming or So what happened with the tsunami was it was not coming from the north side. It was coming from the east side, but we were just like in between. There was a small tsunami. It didn't do any really bad damage. Okay. Um which was lucky, but the earthquake continued to do damage and there were still more. The following day um we were inside the hotel trying to get flights, and they had price surged all the flights. Oh, which is trash. Right. Why would they yeah. do that? I mean, like, flights that were to Thailand that are typically, like, 200 bucks maybe, and that's on the expensive side, were over 1000 Oh, my god, That's crazy. Because, yeah, the distance isn't that great for it to be that It's crazy. not, yeah. yeah. So it was crazy. And then uh, mm-hmm. I remember being in there and booking, trying to book a hotel room. We were trying to book a hotel. And uh, at least just to stay the night to wait until the prices went down. 
and I was on the phone and all of a sudden I was in the grand entrance lobby they had these huge wrought iron chandeliers and they just started swinging like crazy oh no and it was another earthquake and I just was like I just saw everyone go run and we ran out of the building and I saw half of the fucking hotel collapse like no one was hurt thank god but like it was insanity and so yeah. we we were freaking out and then we wound up getting a hotel me and these other travelers so i guess i was like three other couples or two other couples and um we go to the hotel we asked the driver to take us and they were overbooked so there was no room so he was like hey i know someone who will be able to help you out so he keeps driving us and we wind up down this like dirt road where everyone's like, great, well, I guess he's driving us to our death. He's going to kill us all now. This is how it all ends. Of all the time. You could have killed me with maybe like a street right. like, lamp falling on me, like any other way, but now this will be torturous death. Um, but we went to this small village called Setengor, it's a Muslim village, and this woman named Ida, who was lovely, opened her home to all of us and we stayed with her family and they fed us food and they took care of us and welcomed us and it was it was probably I think staying was the most eye-opening like I I had so much anxiety and I was so scared and I was you know and trying to and and the best thing you can do in all these situations is like keep calm Mm -hmm. like you panic and it's over that's it um so we we were all together and I think also being together really helped Um, going through it and so um, I stayed with them for a few days and then I was eventually able to get out at that point my mom was saying come back yeah everyone was saying come back Um, for me what'd you do I (laughs) (laughs) I said no (laughs) I was already out there and by that time like the worst of it it is over. I assume it was yeah that was the beginning of my trip was it over yeah, no, 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 oh, okay. it was, it was. Okay. Like, oh, <laughs> you're like, how much worse does this get? <laughs> no, um, I, I, but at, the, at that time, like, yeah, I, I think I was, for me, I was like, no, I already flew 20 plus hours out mm-hmm. here. I already paid for all this shit. And even though I'm not going and I didn't go back to Bali, I left. I went first to Krabi in Thailand and then from Krabi to, to Chiang Mai. Like, I went on an adventure that I really didn't anticipate um, because I think I decided to just give in to the nature of the trip. And I think that that's, I think when people have scary shit happen to them when they're abroad, their first feeling is like, I want to go home right. and they freak out. And I understand that is so normal and reasonable. I think what's super interesting about for me, what it was just accepting the experience and saying, well, fuck it. What else is going to happen? Let's just do this. Let's, yeah. let's ride this way. Because you said you had a 20-plus day trip. Like, how much of that, well, vacation, how much of that was the trip? The whole thing? No, so I would say, um, you're talking about the earth, like, the experience the before. Yeah. Yeah. The tragedies were about, um, I would say, like, let's see. They started on a Sunday. They probably ended, like, maybe on a, the following Saturday is yeah. when I finally got out. Okay. Um, after that, I, I was, like, in isolation, essentially, in Krabi. Yeah. I knew no one there. I was, I felt very, like, kind of still shaken from this whole thing. Yeah, I didn't was. have, like, any human contact, really, at that point. All you want after that point is a fucking hug. Yeah. And, like... And you were by yourself. And I was by myself. Before I had left Bali, I had or before I had left, uh, yeah, Lombok, rather, I had met a guy who was in the Gili Islands. 
but the Gillies were way worse because everyone was fighting to like get, get out of this island. Like, yeah. And like he said, this guy was like helping carry bodies from the ocean. Oh. Like fuck. that was his experience. Yeah. And he was in a, he was an American expat who and was living just, in Thailand. Oh, he was living okay. Oh, in Thailand. Um, and he was there for vacation and uh, and so we wound up like becoming friends and hanging out. And uh, we <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> uh, no, but we like kind of bonded over what happened. Yeah, of like, course. so he had a similar experience where he stayed in a in a town that he basically he fought to get on a boat. Like, literally, like threw his shit onto one and was like, "You're not leaving without yeah. me." Like, because it was pandemonium <clears throat> to get off these islands. Um, and his hotel, which was like made of bamboo structure, had collapsed completely like Dang. on him and shit. So Oh my gosh. So he was like, yeah, so he went back to Chiang Mai. I met him in in Lombok and uh and and I wound up hanging out with him in Chiang Mai thereafter and like mm-hmm. I kind of went on a whirlwind tour after yeah. all of this. How did you feel when that trip ended? Like was it a feeling of like holy like when you got back to the US where you like, holy fuck, I'm not doing this again or were you like yeah. okay so sounds like she accomplished again. everything she set out to do and yeah yeah <laughs> in a way yeah true. i mean i kind of t- I, I like i'm telling you it was a trip that took me around where i wound up in barcelona like mm-hmm. at, by the end of it um mm-hmm. and it was wait on this trip yeah on this trip uh-huh. i had i had a met someone else in New York who lived Mm -hmm. in London and we were talking while I was in Thailand and Mm -hmm. we had decided oh let's just meet in Barcelona Mm -hmm. so like I wound up going there but traveling quite a bit through it and I don't think I felt ever like oh I'll never travel alone again I just traveled alone this summer again yeah Yeah. you know um I think I was obviously a little bit more cautious about places I was going in the sense of I was like all right so ring of fire which is like where all these islands are. I'm like, maybe take a break for a year. <laughs> Let's revisit that. Uh, but living in Portland, I was really stoked because I'm like, oh, I'll be closer now. I can explore it. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's not really that much closer. Let me tell it's, you. No, it's not. No, because it's halfway around the world from both coasts. Yeah. No, I know. I looked it up the other day. Like a flight to um, the Philippines is like 26 mm-hmm. hours from here, and from like New York it was 23. And I go, how? Yeah. How in God's name does that even work? That's the funny thing about travel. It feels like, and I don't know if other cultures feel this way, but it always feels like I think from an American perspective that it's such a risk. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, I don't know if, like, you know, other people coming, traveling to America from Costa Rica feel the same way or traveling. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it feels like it's always feels like it's just, like, this risk you're taking. Like, all right. I mean, totally. Every time, yeah. like, I've, especially when I've traveled by myself. Yeah. I remember when I was 23, I went, I decided to go to Africa for, like, a month and a half by myself. And you went? You take these long-ass yeah. trips. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm going to Fiji. I'll be back on Monday. <laughs> and it'll be Thursday. Right. <laughs> well, that was before. <laughs> where Where did you go? Um. Well, I did, like, all of... I went to Africa because I decided on a whim that I wanted to go volunteer with animals. Uh, It was pretty amazing. It was an amazing experience. Um, But uh, I did, like, all of um, basically the, what's it called? 
the, the garden route, like, mm-hmm. so from, like, Johannesburg all the way to Cape Town. Mm-hmm. And then uh, my best girlfriend, Renata, her family's from Mozambique and Angola. So I went to go stay for a while in Mozambique with her family. Mm-hmm. She wasn't there, but her sisters were. Yeah. Her sister wasn't, so I had an amazing time with them. But for the most part, I mean, I did that. But I remember I was shitting a brick. Like, I was about to, and I was 23 and going to Africa by myself. And my yeah. mom was like, and that was probably the biggest one That's that a I had to. trip, too. And my mom was like, you don't have to do this. You know that, right? Like, it's okay. I'm like, no, it's paid for. It's done. Like, I'm doing it. She goes, no, no, I understand it's paid for it. But, like, it's, it's okay to walk away. It's okay. <laughs> now, you said there was a few other things. I know you were in college in New Orleans during Katrina. Yes. Yeah, and then, well, what, what else was it? There was something else. I mean, there was Hurricane Andrew when I was a kid. Yeah, and I feel like there was another thing that you told me when you were on a trip and something crazy happened. I was in a crazy golf cart accident that was horrible. <laughs> yes, that, that's what it was. So which is not funny. I mean, yeah, it sounds really funny, but when you see the photo of what I looked like, like I couldn't. And where was I couldn't, that? That was in the Bahamas, right? Um, in an island where there's no cars, so you get a lot around on golf carts. That's why we were talking about that because I was saying I went to Belize, and the only way that we could really get around to go certain places was to get in a golf cart. And yeah. I've never felt more unsafe in my life. Yeah, there's a there's a few places that are like so. I I just came back from another one that's like that in Mexico. Um, I traveled there solo, but I met my best friend, so I mm-hmm. guess it's not really solo. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it it's kind of scary in those places. And I remember when I got into that crazy accident, and I'm it was bad. I mean, like, my mom had to shower me for a month. I yeah. couldn't, like, pee on my own after for a while. Like, I had to have help. And this is after, like, this is, like, on vacation. This was on vacation. Oh, I've, I, yeah, I guess I have had a whole time on vacation. <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole purpose of this episode. Right. I know. Sorry. By the way, these are not vacations. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Um, well, That's what the episode's gonna be called. These are not vacations. Maybe you should stay at home. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that was what my mom said when I got back from Bahamas. Wait, when I got so back no, from Bali, like all. Did you go things. to the Bahamas alone or? No. You... So Bahamas, I did go with people, um, but it was a situation where, like, imagine you're like in a pristine paradise, and like for me, I'm a beach bum. I'm a beach baby. I grew up in Miami. I live and die by the water, and. So to, like, look out my window, totally taped up (laughs) with, like, a million different, you know, like, bandages and just, like, not even being able to enjoy it, that was rough, but... uh, How far into the trip did you get into the accident? I think that was about halfway through. So, can you tell us what happened? Because I feel like people are going to be like, wait, what the hell happened? So what happened was, um, you know what, we were, it was, it was stupid, uh, we... We were, you know, like I said, everyone was driving in these golf carts, and that's how you get around the island. And I was with a friend of mine who's a big football player, dude. Mm-hmm. It's pertinent to the story. Uh, <laughs> and uh, he was driving me back to my hotel, but we were also looking for a good friend of mine who I had traveled with there. And so we decided to turn around and go back to the bar. And there's this famous left-hand turn in the Bahamas in Bimini. And, like, the year before someone had died there, mm-hmm. uh, the year after someone died of it, died yeah. from that turn. This year, no one died, but I was the, uh, I was the story that happened. Yeah. And what happened was he was speeding. Yeah. He took the left turn too fast. Uh, the car basically toppled over, but on the right side. And I was his landing pad. Oh, and so he, so fell, on he fell on top of me and the golf cart fell on top of my ankles. <laughs> like oh, like oh. everything just kind of fell. And then I skidded down 
gravel into broken seashells. And the next thing I knew, I woke up because Bahamians were doing this. Hey, girl, you yeah. okay? And I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah. And I didn't know anything. Yeah, you were unconscious. I was unconscious. I got knocked unconscious. And, um, and I didn't see anything. And there was blood everywhere. Yeah. And I mean, like, everywhere. Luckily, I had last minute, and I, like, I, I don't know how, but I put my hand, over, like, my arm over my face, and the mm-hmm. only thing I fucked up on my face was my chin. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember when they took me to the hospital in the Bahamas, which, by the way, it's not a hospital. It's um, a stretcher where they hand you antibiotics in a manila envelope. But, yeah, I, like, went back to Miami, and I remember going to the hospital, and they said, uh, you got it. First of all, you got to come in every three days for wound care. We're gonna like clean you up every yeah. three days because you, your Cause mom you had all types of stuff all over my body. Mm-hmm. I got I got second and third degree burns all over my body. You know, everything turned out to be fine. But that was I I have had some experiences. The Bahamas was one. The earthquakes was another. My freshman year being a in New Orleans, yeah. Hurricane Katrina. I mean, that was a vacation. That was a vacation. Like vacation that was just... things. Well, because that's the thing that I feel like I've been seeing people's tweets and people are super scared. And I just was thinking, I started thinking about you because I remember us having this conversation about like you, I, we were just like outside having a beer. You were like, yeah, I like, was in the hospital in the Bahamas. I got in this crazy accident and had this, world. yeah, I was in this like de- deadly earthquake. And then I was like, wait, what is going on? <laughs> Is that you know? I, I was in Hurricane Katrina, and then I also and I was like, "What the hell, Sarah? I, <laughs> Maybe you need to stay home." Right. And you know, that's not our that's not our mo. No, <laughs> that's, that's the opposite of what we believe in. But I, I attract natural disaster, both that. like of nature and men. You said that. <laughs> join the club of all. <laughs> I guess for me it was, I guess you got to look at it this way. And in these times of crisis, and I'm not saying like, look, this is a time to like, yes, do social distancing and be smart for or, sure. and like that be careful. Yeah. I think mm-hmm. that that's, but like in terms of like what's going to happen later down the line and how we're just going to keep living our lives, it's like, I think shit's going to happen. Yeah. It's, life is going to keep going whether you fucking like it or not. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to. Go with the motions or you're going to stop living. You have to keep going. You have to live your life. You can't stop. I, I, I know that right now we're trying to stop and we're trying to keep it contained. But in general, like, things are always going to be happening. Yeah. And you have to stay strong. And the biggest, the most important thing that I have learned and am in even applying it to the current situation is, like, don't fucking panic. Mm-hmm. Panic yes. is the worst thing that you can do. It's like, all right. Have you ever tried to do something when you're rushing? Mm-hmm. Like, like even if it's something dumb, like... Stop un- everything. Your yeah. eyeliner's messed uh-huh. up. You stub your toe. All of those things, you can't do it. Yeah. Like, you stub your toe. You can't untangle something. It's yeah. like, you, you freak out. And the reason is because I feel like your mind is in overdrive, and you're, like, hypertense and, like, can't focus. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if you just take a fucking deep breath, you realize how much more you can accomplish and how much calmer you can be and things can be easier yeah but it's hard in a world right now where we're where the news is happening faster than it's being reported mm-hmm. and we're being told to panic so mm-hmm. one of the reasons too that i wanted to talk to you was because i feel like like yesterday i was like slightly panicked i started like googling information about portland because of course everybody knows that we live in portland and i saw the spanish flu uh, epidemic in portland mm-hmm. 
back in 1918 and like it was basically the same thing where obviously there was redlining so none of us would have been allowed to have homes here or even be here but that's fine so that's like that's neither here nor there but um the thing that was happening was there they did a quarantine they did like social distancing but it wasn't the terms they used they had cops basically certain stores had to close by 3 or 3 30 and like you know they had cops outside like telling people like needed like no gatherings like people were trying to gather mm-hmm. in groups and you know at bars and things like that and like the cops would be like nope you know you can't do that um same thing with like street cars like not too many people could be on a street car and it, it made me feel a little bit better that this has happened before and i think that's the thing and that's the key is that even though you might be in a super scary situation, this has happened before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not new, and it's not, like, the first time it's happened. Now, granted, you can't control everybody's reactions. My biggest no. fear is Americans getting super scared buying guns and walling out. Like, that's my biggest right. fear. I, I saw all these people in line for, like, gun stores. I'm like, what are you going to do, shoot? A virus? Yeah. What is? What's the plan, what? man? Yeah, that what, like, is that the plan? Because, like, hold on. Well, I think there's the idea, like, is that people are going to be looting, looking for, I guess, toilet paper or whatever have you. So that's my thing. Is like when people get into panic mode, mm-hmm. how they behave in panic mode is my biggest fear, yeah, and that's yeah. why I wanted to talk to you because I'm like, I can't imagine. Like, I mean, I can't because I've never been in it, but I have to imagine in my own head that I would probably at some point have to just level out and be like you know what it is what it is we're gonna have to fucking survive this thing if you want to survive or you can just go ahead and die i think that's yeah i think that's kind of it it's like even through the earthquake through the golf crossing through barcelona katrina where people Mm -hmm. were looting and fucking acting Mm -hmm. out and it was like the wild wild west mm-hmm. and like just even seeing like the national guard like on mm-hmm. the streets with like their fucking guns with you know just yeah. to protect it you you watch all these things and you're like oh my god and i, I think our generation has it really shitty with terms of like what we've seen in our lifetime so much terrorist we attacks now pandemics mm-hmm. recession one after another it's like are we generation x or y we're y mm-hmm better known as millennials but i think that's also why people don't take things seriously too yeah it's to your point with the spanish flu like in 1918 you can imagine like with the amount of communication that they had back then it probably took like what weeks for them to even get that piece of mail like oh shit this is serious it's from the white house us we see like so many news articles and stuff every single day and half of them aren't even true and all my first cousins who work at the pentagon right right (laughs) oh my gosh the worst we are being like oversaturated with news and it and it's so easy to like and then you've got friends that live in other cities i've lived in new york you guys have been like lived in new york like it's like you know you talk to your friends there even see what they're posting and shit like that and like the craziness going there so it's hard to like keep a level head. Really I know is. everybody's group chats are probably crazy right now. Like yeah. Crazy, crazy popping. And don't, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, I love my friends and my friend groups, but yeah. this is the most I've talked to people like in years. Yeah. Because we have nothing else to do. Yeah. I mean, we have to work. We are working, but yeah. like, uh, we're working. Up, where there's so much, there's yeah. so much downtime. <laughs> like, but there, yeah, it's it's either it's hard to stay sober, right? Like I was telling Serena, that's true. Well, because also if you think about it, all the information that you're taking in. I mean, as soon as I wake up in the morning, 
You know, yeah. like, I look at my phone, and then my group chat's already started because half of the people are on the East Coast, another half is in, on the West. And then I also have, like, my Twitter and everything. And then whatever somebody told my mother. Which, <laughs> yeah. Please stop telling my mother things. Please. Like, I know. I'd like to say that for all moms. Yeah. yeah. Like, the moms that are in their, like, 50s and 60s and 70s, I feel like it's... The info, the way that they receive the information, they don't get as much um, fake spam and all the stuff that we do. So for them, it's kind of like my mom saw those messages and was like, "Oh, so and so has a cousin that works at the White House." No, they don't. <laughs> the White House is a rep- like you don't right. have you anyone that works those. in Trump's cabinet. <laughs> you don't know any. Trust me. You gotta love those though. <laughs> Cheryl don't know nobody that works in Trump's cabinet. Tell me, don't pass it on. Right, then I like, saw that. I was like, wait, why not? Why wouldn't I pass it on? It sounds like vital information. <laughs> yeah, right. But this is what I'm saying. It's like I think during these times, these are the things that have to kind of like hold us over. Yeah, like the the. The fact that it's like, okay, this will be remembered as the time when COVID is obviously incredibly serious and people should keep their distance and everybody should literally just like, you know, this is a good time to be one with yourself. And like, you know, it's basically like a reset. Yeah. It's a a social, mental and physical reset. I have nothing but time. It's taking me out. Yeah, y'all about to get so many On She Goes episodes. It's mostly just going to be me and my house. (laughs) Well, I'm going to wrap up this episode. Uh, Sarah, thank you so much for talking to yes, us about thank you. your interesting oh, thanks trips. for having me. I'm we are so excited. happy to have you still with We're us. We're glad you are still alive. <laughs> We're so glad. Um, just for, like, make sure you guys, uh, High Tolerance is a podcast that's going to be coming out soon that Sarah and Trin are hosting. You didn't get a chance to meet Trin. Sarita's producing it, so. I am producing it. <laughs> and, yes. and Rebecca and Sarita will both be guests. Yes, and we are both guests <laughs> on the podcast. High Tolerance, how I describe it, is a podcast that examines how things, how sad things sometimes can be funny when you're high. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's kind of a good way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. So that'll be coming out soon. So make sure you check out Sarah there. And also Trin. Shout out to Trin. Hey, you Trin. didn't have enough disasters hey, for Cece. this episode. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Her dog, Cece. Thanks, guys, for tuning in to On She Goes. Um, again, keep your social distancing. Keep your groups to a level of 10 people or less. And just, you know, overall work on your mental space. Use this time to reset and feel good. And, you know, basically try to get some alone time from the world. I think we can all use it right about now. 100%. Yeah. Cool.